the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Leandis, Bloomberg Radio. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed, and hour number two is underway. At nine minutes past ten o'clock on this Wednesday, the third morning of the fourth month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. Thanks again also to uh, David Ray uh, from the Federation for American Immigration Reform. Um, we are, I said this to him in the uh, intro, and I'll repeat it, we are not at the breaking point in terms of the number of illegal aliens that we can accept into this country. We are not at the breaking point in terms of the number of asylum seekers we can take into this country. We are not at the breaking point in terms of the number of refugees we can take into this country. We are well beyond the breaking point. We broke a long time ago. It is beyond crisis. It is beyond emergency, and it is also beyond dispute. It it cannot be debated any longer. The left can't play their Trump is imagining this game. They can't play the Trump is fabricating an emergency. They can't play that game anymore. Even Barack Obama's Department of Homeland Security Secretary Jay Johnson, as uh, David just reminded us, has said, this is beyond an emergency. Dave Ray was right. That story he told, I told, uh, I think on Friday last week, maybe it was Monday, I don't know. But uh, Jay Johnson said, point blank, that when he was in the office of Secretary of Department of Homeland Security, if they had a day when they were up at a 1,000 or more apprehensions, he said he was in a bad mood all day because that's a terrible, terrible number. It's almost unmanageable. We had a day last week in which we were at not at a 1,000, not even double it at 2,000 or tripled it at 3,000. We had 4,000 
apprehensions in a single day. If that's not an emergency, what is? Jay Johnson said this is an emergency. He says this is a crisis, and we cannot continue to play these games. So what are we going to do? I mentioned to um, Dave Ray, Luis Gutierrez, former uh, representative from Illinois, over the weekend called on mayors of major U.S. cities to open welcoming centers for caravan migrants all from all around the world. Quite literally, let's take in every impoverished would-be refugee from around the world and bring them into the United States. And expect what, Louis? Expect what? Expect the United States to remain prosperous? You do not assist the impoverished by making your existing population impoverished. All you do is add to the poverty. The United States is the most prosperous nation in the world, yes. The United States is uh, uh, still, however, facing a problem with people who are in poverty in the United States. And as I said to Dave Ray, we are doing the right thing rather than just handing out more food and expanding the the food stamp program that Barack Obama did, you get an EBT card. You get an EBT card. Everybody gets an EBT card. We had food stamps that were at record highs every year in the second term of the Obama administration. That's not how you deal with poverty. You deal with poverty by eliminating all of those handouts and by empowering the impoverished to get jobs, giving them opportunities, and the jobs are back. And that's why the joblessness rate is so much better. That's why the number of jobs and the amount of the wages of those jobs are all so much better than they were in the last eight years. We're getting people out of poverty by giving them jobs, and the Democrats now want to do what? Import more poverty. (laughs) Import more by the hundreds of thousands. Bring them here to welcoming centers everywhere. We'll just jack up the food stamp output again. And, of course, those who come here and wanting to work, they will, of course, take jobs away from people who are actually expecting, you know, American wages, because they'll do it under the table illegally for pennies on the dollar. And who, by the way, because we have to make the the racial part of this, you know, have to address the racial part of this, because what isn't a racial issue in 2019 with the Democrats constantly playing identity politics, who, my friends, is primarily hurt when illegal aliens who don't speak English come into the United States and take jobs from American citizens and legal residents. Black people and brown people, that's who. Other legal immigrants to the United States or may or may not speak English yet, they lose out on these jobs because they're here legally and they're demanding legal wages. And yes, black Americans. Black Americans, as Peter Kersenow always gives us the numbers on, disproportionately suffer when it comes to education. A disproportionate number of black Americans are forced into the hard blue-collar workforce because they are lower educated, lower achievers when it comes to high school diplomas, let alone college degrees. And so black Americans are working these labor jobs that are being stolen from them by illegal aliens for pennies on the dollar. So we're hurting. This illegal immigration isn't helping 
brown people from around the world that the Democrats want to import and, and open up welcoming centers in every U.S. city for. They're hurting black Americans, hurting um, uh, Hispanic and Latinos in this country and other ethnic minorities who are legally who legally have a right to work here. How much poverty can one country import and still remain a functional, viable uh, society? How much poverty can we bring in? They want an endless amount. And that's why what Brandon Judd said is, the, is to me, it's the answer. We don't need new laws from Pelosi who aren't going to give us anything to help anyway. They don't care about America. They care about power. They care about importing more voters. Even if they don't have the right to vote, they care about importing more people because they will pack themselves largely into seriously congested, concentrated areas that are blue, and they will then have more representation in Congress. The more people, the more representation, whether they're legal or not legal. And, of course, that gives the uh, the um, uh, uh, Democrats more and more bodies in the House and in the Senate, or pr- pr- primarily in the House because of uh, districts. So, you know, this Brandon Judd is right. We have to stop this not by asking Pelosi to change the laws, which he would not do. We have to simply enforce the existing laws. Train frontline Border Patrol agents to be asylum officials so that when they are caught and turned over by an agent or turned over to an agent, they don't have to come in, be processed, be given a free pass to go into the country. Uh, in two to five years, we'll get back to you for an asylum hearing. No, as Brandon Judd said, train them so that they can establish the asylum uh, credibility on the spot. Listen to them, prove their own credible fear of persecution based on one of the five issues outlined in U.S. law. And if they can't prove it, they're gone. Turn them around immediately. And if they demand an appeal, fine. But they can be detained for 10 days. And according to the law, the process takes no more than 10 days. And if they cannot, the burden of proof is not on the United States to prove that they don't face a credible fear. The burden is on them to prove that they do. Personal credible fear for one of those five reasons. And if they don't have one and they can't prove it, bye-bye, 10 days. Not two to five years, 10 days. Start enforcing that law and watch how fast word spreads around the third world Then maybe it's not such a good idea to make the trek through Central America, through Mexico, to get to the U.S. southern border after all, because they're only going to make us turn around and go back. That's what must happen. Bill is calling us from Wellington. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Bill, good morning. Go right ahead. Yes, Bob. I was just listening to you talking about uh, uh, the, the Democrats. Now, the real reason that they're doing what they're doing is they're trying to overwhelm country for them and they're communists okay the the democratic party is in control of communists that doesn't mean that every democrat is a communist because they're dupes but they're basically going to take over this country and the the whole idea is to undermine it to such an extent i don't know if you uh, are familiar with francis fox piven yes okay well she did this her and her husband got that started uh, in 1966, and they undermined New York City so much that they went bankrupt. That's when Lindsay was president of Republican. 
and they, they have to undermine this country to weaken it. They have been trying since for 100 years to bring in communists, but we have a free country, and generally we're prosperous, and, and we're not, you know, even our poor are, are richer than some of the poor overseas. In fact, no question. So they had a hard time doing it, and they're, they're continuing to do it. But what they have to do, and this, this is being done by Soros. Soros, I didn't pronounce it correctly. That's all right. No, I knew who you meant. That's I'm okay. Sure, I'm sure he is putting up all the money. When you look at those trucks, when you look at those buses, when you look at that food, coming off the trucks for those people and all and there's there's invitations down there in these countries i've seen the i've seen the posters that we we if they put that we welcome you to come up okay that's what this is all george soros and the democratic party and the democrats really can't cross soros because they get so much money from him Sure, he's so a kingmaker. He's a kingmaker, and, and, and you're you're 100 yeah. percent right, Bill. I'm going to jump in here because I got to get to some other people, but you're 100 percent right. He and others like him are responsible for this, and it's why when Dave Ray talked about the expense of these caravans coming up through Mexico, um, it's not really a concern because so much of what is happening down there is being funded by Soros and Soros, Soros acolytes, uh, and he he and they are responsible for this flooding of the country. You're 100 percent right, Dan Middleburg Heights. Hi, Dan. Go ahead. Oh, good morning. Yes, sir. Uh, on, on your point on the border agents, you know, at the point of entrance? Yes. If if I want to go visit Paradise Island, I get off the airplane, okay, in the right. Bahamas? Right. The first place I go in the airport is to the border agent. And he asks me, where are you going? Why are you here? And my point is, he turns me away. I, never, I can't tell him I'm going to go walk around for a while, and I'll see you in three weeks or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, it may be simplified, but the point is, I, I don't take one step out of the airport. I never get anywhere. He, he makes a decision right there. And that's what they need to do with these people. If you sneak in anywhere else besides an entrance point, you're automatically deported. It don't matter what your excuse is. That's exactly right. It is as opposed to here, whereas if you sneak in and you are caught, you are told, oh, you're, you're, you're claiming asylum. Okay, uh, go over there and get your paperwork, get your job right. papers, and go ahead and we'll talk to you in two to five years after you've already absorbed a, a bunch of our resources. He won't let me go walk around if I tell him I like the weather and the beaches better. He ain't going to do that. <laughs> no, he, you're right, Dan, 100%, know, my friend. Staying? 100% right. Thank you. I appreciate the phone call. It's 1022. We'll get a quick timeout. Come back, get more calls on AM 1420, The Answer. Station. I don't think you can overstate the importance of this, uh, this statement by Brandon Judd of the National Border Patrol Council. If an asylum-trained senior patrol agent determines that the alien has not established a credible fear, an order of expedited removal can be issued and the illegal border crosser can be removed immediately. That is the answer. No new congressional approval needed. No uh, uh, Nancy Pelosi needed. No Democrats can stop it. It's already statute. Just give the order to follow the law, Mr. President. We have the solutions already in place. Let's enforce the law. Let me go to Kenny. Is calling us from LaGrange on AM 1420, The Answer. Kenny, good morning. Go ahead. Uh, hello, Bob. Uh, <clears throat> this is going to be a tough phone call for me. Uh, my wife and I went to see Unplanned yesterday. 
Ah. Uh, I've I've always been a big believer in abortion is murder. The movie confirms that in many many ways. I think most people are under the impression that if uh, a young lady walks into an abortion clinic, uh, somebody claps her hands twice and clicks her heels three times, and she walks out not pregnant. Uh, many times during the movie, I had to uh, lean over to my wife and ask her if she was okay because she was in tears. Uh, she was not the only one in the audience either. It's, it's a tough movie to watch, but it just solidifies the fact that these liberals are, uh, uh, I think the best way I can put it, I think you said it uh, the other day, this, this, this is the quintessential fight between good and evil. And I, I can't say anything more. Well, listen, my friend, um, I, I do appreciate and respect how tough it is to talk about this. I had the same exact experience when I went with my wife and my daughter just uh, on, on Saturday. And um, I had to check on both of them a couple of different times, and the tears were flowing freely down my daughter's cheeks in particular. Um, and, yes, it is tough. And, yes, I knew what to expect going in. My daughter, in large part, knew what to expect going in, too. She is a very, very strong, avowed pro-lifer. Uh, she was one of uh, a bus full of students from her high school to make the trip in January to Washington, D.C. for the March for Life. Um. She she wears that very proudly, and she knew what this was going to be about, and it still had such an impact on her, um, which is why I cannot overstate this. Everyone should see this movie. If you are pro-choice, or excuse me, pro-life, as the caller just mentioned that he and his wife were, you're going to be rocked by the portrayal of the reasons why you are pro-life you are going to be to have your beliefs um, cemented perhaps more than ever before because of the slap in the face of reality of what goes on inside those clinics as told by a clinic director abby johnson if you are pro-choice you are going to be rocked by the fact that your entire world view is going to crumble by the fact that what you have been told for decades is just women's health, and it's just a healthy procedure between a woman and her doctor gently cleaning out her uterus of a clump of cells or disposable uh, uh, matters of, of tissue. All of that is going to crumble. And if you're somewhere in between and you don't know what to believe, you're going to be rocked by what I described before as the cold slap in the face of reality. You will no longer be undecided when you go and see unplanned. Thank you for sharing that, my friend. Uh, if more people want to share, I've got time for your calls. 216-901-0945. Back after this. Come. Ten thirty-five now. Twenty-five minutes of outstanding, awesome left for you in this broadcast. Uh, be a part of it on the air at two one six nine zero one zero nine four five or eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. You can be a part of it online by tweeting to me your thoughts on these issues. We've had two major issues we've been discussing today, but you can go off the board if you like. 
uh, online at Twitter and and uh, Facebook. Find me at France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio. I've got links to each of the stories we've been talking about uh, on both platforms. You can read them for yourself. Share, especially if you would, when you get online on Twitter and Facebook. Share, if you would, please, um, the story of the Central Florida Post. Is that what it was called? I think it was the Central Florida Post. Yeah, that's it. Uh, movie review. Written by a young student at UCF, University of uh, Central Florida, uh, for this small newspaper down there in Orlando. She's a mother, and she wrote the article that I started the show with called, or excuse me, headlined, A Pro-Choice Review of Pro-Life Film Unplanned. And she described how she was absolutely changed as a pro-choicer by this movie. She said, I went into this with an open mind, the same way I would expect others to do at an event for a cause I support, even though I knew I was going to be right. She said, I've always been pro-choice, and I knew I was pro-choice for the right reasons. But then she went and saw the movie. She said, this movie tugged on my heartstrings in a way that actually made me reflect on a subject I felt so confident uh, of on my beliefs. I was moved to tears several times during the film and actually appreciated the way that the workers of Planned Parenthood were, were portrayed. By the end of the film, <clears throat> I was completely distraught, she wrote, questioning everything I have ever believed about what abortion really was. I was hungry for more information. I went to Google, I talked with friends, and I prayed. This is not my story of how a movie made me change my political affiliations, and I still have many more questions about the validity of what I saw, but I went into that theater thinking there was nothing that could go onto that screen that would make me question myself, and I was wrong. What I saw did make me question myself and my beliefs, and I believe that everyone should go and test themselves as I did. That is a movie review in a statement of a changed heart of a pro-choicer, a strong pro-choice young mother, by the way. That is the kind of review that the left is desperately trying to bury. When I initially posted it this morning on Facebook, Facebook removed it and said it violated their community standards. I kid you not. Uh, fortunately, I was able to grab a screenshot of that, and I reposted that, and eventually they uh, took the block off of my original post, and so both of them are up on my page right now. But it's amazing how much they are trying to kill this movie. They are trying to kill this movie like it was an unplanned pregnancy. Just that simple. They don't want anybody to know the truth. Let's go to TJ calling us from Cleveland on AM 1420, The Answer. TJ, go ahead. Yeah, you know, Bob, it's time for the left to step up to the plate, stop talking, start walking. Now, you know, the Cleveland Plain Dealer has reduced 90% of its workforce already, so that means they got this big old empty building sitting there. They should open that up as a welcoming center for illegal aliens. And what's left of their libtard subscribers could send in donations to clothe and feed and offer medical to these people. And I'd like to even start a program in America on the left Adopt an illegal. Take them into your own home. Feed them. Clothe them. If they get into any kind of uh, legal problems, you're responsible for them. I'd, I'd like to see that happen until this problem solved. And can I make one suggestion, Bob? Okay. About Although I don't, li- I don't like your first suggestion, but go on. Okay, but your bumper music. You know, the Democratic Party, like you call them, the Democrats. Yes. I think an appropriate bumper song, I don't know if you remember that song from the 60s by Arthur Brown, Fire, and how it starts. Can't say that I do. I am the god of hellfire, and I bring you fire. 
it, it was a number one hit like in the late 60s, but it's appropriate for the Democratic Party. Have your screener look it up, and I think you'll listen to it. You'll see what I mean. All right, my friend. I appreciate it. Thank you, TJ. The reason I said I didn't like your, uh, uh, your original uh, suggestion, by the way, I don't want welcoming centers being opened up in Cleveland. I don't want welcoming centers for illegal aliens and phony asylum seekers being opened up anywhere near me or anywhere near you or anywhere near anybody else. I want them on the other side of the border where they belong. If they are truly uh, um, desirable or desirous of coming into the United States, if they truly want to come here, they will respect our laws and apply for legal entry, either as visitors or as permanent residents or workers or students or whatever, and they will not violate our sovereignty the moment uh, with, with the very first thing that they do. So I don't want to welcome them. I get your point. I know what you meant. Put the burden on the liberals who welcome them, but eventually it will impact all of our society, and I'm not for that. So I get your point, but uh, no. Now, let's fight this. Let's fight this every step of the way. Amherst is our next stop. That's where we find Keith on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Keith. Go ahead. Hey, Bob. I got a question. You were an English teacher, right? I was. At, at, so the word illegal, I mean, that means, if I, if I remember correctly, that means they're breaking the law. So yes. why are we having these discussions? Why are we having, what do we do with them? How do we handle the situation? Why are we not just saying, take them? If they come in here, the, the, for one, the deportation law, the, they're horrible. They, they don't make any sense. Why are we not punishing these people? Sending them back to their country without having any type of repercussion is, is the real issue. So when we're talking to the liberals and we're talking to the left, why is this even, even a discussion? It's unconstitutional. The word illegal is right in there. What are we doing? Why are we doing this? Well... You you know how Democrats are. Um, it, it's not about facts uh, like words that have very defined, you know, uh, very very specific definitions like illegal. Uh, it's about feelings. It's about oh, but look, they're they're really sad over there, and it's incumbent upon us to make them happy by bringing them here. If they want to come here, then we should allow them to come here. And where's your heart? Where's your compassion? That's number one. Number two is they don't care about the legal status if it helps them regain power more and more and more bodies coming from there to here congregating in liberal districts and liberal states gives them what more liberal representation in congress which helps them win votes which helps them win again uh you know power for themselves so that's why there's there's two types of liberals the compassionate the overly compassionate ones whose hearts rule their heads and they don't understand illegality nobody is illegal no human being is illegal we are all legal and then there's the ones who are just mad with power, who are, who are literally doing this for their own political gain. Well, a, a country without borders is not a country. That was said by our framers. That was said by our yes, forefathers. Uh, this political correctness, which we have, which, which the liberals literally pound on us every single day of our lives, the millennials, I believe it's uh, my generation, is it, to blame for this. This feel-good, it doesn't work in situations. This is an invasion, and we can't call it an invasion because it might offend somebody. What? Well, just just sense. think about what you said, Keith, and you're right when you say that um, a country without borders is not a country at all. Think about who these people are. What are they? 
most of them anyway. Yeah. They're globalists. They don't want us Absolutely. to have a country at all. They want that border to be erased. They want us to be a global society, and they want to then be in, once they're in control of this country, they will be in charge of the global society. Globalism, and we've had so many people talk to us about the end goal, and thanks for the call, the end goal of so many of these um uh, uh, liberal Democrats today following the marching orders of so many who have called for this uh, literally decades and decades ago, and in some cases more than a century ago, they're following the playbook to the letter. And we've seen t- countless numbers of examples of that. Keith, thanks for the call. But they are. You're right. It's not a country if we don't have borders, and that's exactly what they want. They are believers in globalism. BJ in uh, North Olmstead. Hi, BJ. Go ahead. Thank you. Uh, I'd like to get back to the party of death, the party of decadence, the party of despair, the POD, as, as you aptly uh, identified them. Uh, they ha- that The fact that you've been talking about this amazing movie that is out is the essence of that shows you where these people are. If they can accept the, the killing of ourselves, our species, they have no value of the truth. We know that now. So we're not dealing just with politics here. We're dealing with a major part of society that accepts any kind of sexual behavior, any kind of identification of how you're born. So so we are going through truly a spiritual and emotional re- revelation. And I'm so pleased to hear your callers, and I hear more strength in your voice, and, 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 and I appreciate your becoming more outspoken about these issues. But it's it's us American people now. It's not it's not the government. It's us. If we're going to keep tolerating this stuff, then it is us. And I thank you for your time and have the best day you can, Bob. I appreciate it, BJ. Thanks very much. And uh, I have to tell you, everything that BJ said was worth listening to. Uh, but I will forgive you if you were unable to listen to all of it because of the snapping and popping on the uh, line there. I don't know exactly what it is. We're trying to do our best to uh, get by it, but I know it's very distracting. So my apologies for the quality sometimes of these phone lines that we're dealing with. But BJ, thank you. And I, and you know, I, I appreciate what you said when you, uh, you know, when you, you when you said you appreciate my passion and my uh, my increasing. Uh, you know, uh, stances and, and, and more being more outspoken on these issues. I don't think I was ever kind of quiet about them or shy about, shy about them, but I will say that, yeah, some circumstances like the, uh, uh, the, the release of that movie have made a lot of us a lot more willing to be vocal about it and a lot more, um, passionate about this issue because sometimes it feels like we're always pushing uh, a very heavy rock uphill when we talk about fighting for life. And we talk about having to fight against the Supreme Court in 1973 and the whole nine yards. And sometimes it gets very defeated, very defeating. And sometimes you just kind of, uh, I'm going to move on to something else. I know I can't win this fight. Um, but when you have steps that are taken and when there are extraordinarily important things that happen like this movie, it kind of reinvigorates you and it gives you a little bit more of an opportunity to say what you feel. And I am indeed taking advantage of that. So thank you, uh, BJ. Mark is in Fairview Park next. Hi, Mark. You're on the air. Go ahead. Good morning, Bob. I just want to call you right away here, and uh, just so you could uh, reaffirm my sanity. Uh, the other day, a, couple, a few days ago, uh, this Beto, the, uh, the the clown, he's down there in Texas, there, and uh, 
you know, jumping around on this stage and, uh, you know, pointing out all the people under this bridge, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people. And these people, uh, and they were fenced out, but uh, <clears throat> they were, he quoted, he quoted that these, well, these people are humanity. And I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, so are eight to seven, or seven to eight other billion people in the world. Maybe a billion of those people would like to be here also. But the guy's going on, you know, with the free college and everything else. But, uh, and jumping around on the stage, you know, some kind like some kind of clown, like he's got to go get this over with. I got to go to the restroom or whatever. But I have to pinch myself when I'm looking at this guy. It's like, is this for real? Then I turned, I turned to another station there, and they got this Cortez on this MSNBC uh, town hall and uh, being interviewed by the guy uh, from MSNBC, the guy who looks like uh, he was a teacher's pet in grade school with the glasses <laughs> and that. I forget his name. Anyhow. Uh, this gal, she's got an economics degree. I mean, she's just out of whack. You know, the, I, I studied micro and uh, macro uh, uh, economics and when I was in college and that. But, you know, I'm, I'm watching this stuff. I just have to pinch myself to, you know, to, to bring myself back to reality watching these clowns. This is, this is, this is just unreal. And I, I just want to finish up by, you know, what Trafficant used to say, Scotty, beam me up. You know, I can't even believe what I'm watching anymore with these goofs. But, Bob, thank you very much for your time. It's a pleasure. Thank you for making some really good points there, Mark. And uh, to, to both of them, just real quick, to uh, uh, Robert Francis O'Rourke uh, down there in Texas, uh, yeah, he looks like he's trying to take off, uh, like like literally he's trying to fly away as he flails his arms. He looks like he's trying to make a makeshift helicopter. And, yes, he declares that El Paso is safe because of immigrants and asylum seekers. Um Yesterday, I brought that up to Peter Kersenow, and Peter Kersenow reminded us that uh, that Beto O'Rourke, or Robert Francis O'Rourke, also uh, has admitted to once trying to feed fecal matter to his wife, and now he is trying to shovel the same thing to us. Uh, do you think we're going to swallow? No, uh, not not very likely. And yet, he's one of their top contenders, by the way. As to Alexandria Kelibundio Cortez. I love one of the latest examples of her economics degree at work. This is an all-timer. Over the weekend, Cortez was um, uh, at uh, LaGuardia Airport. Uh, I guess, yeah, it was at LaGuardia Airport. And she uh, decided to tweet her incredible dismay and shock. Shock, I tell you, that a bagel at the airport costs $7. How dare they charge us $7, she said, and yet they won't even pay their employees who make those bagels a living wage of $15 an hour. It took all of 0.0003 seconds for people who don't have economics degrees from Boston University to point out to her that if they paid these people $15 an hour to make bagels, the price of the bagel would quickly become $9. Why is it that advanced degrees from like universities like Boston University can't buy you an ounce of common sense and the understanding that when the overhead cost to the restaurant restaurateur uh, is increased, that the price of the goods sold to the customers must also increase. 
Why is that so difficult to understand? So, yes, keep up the good work, AOC. And again, I'm sure Boston University will be sending you that letter very, very soon saying, please, we will refund the cost of your tuition if you will just stop telling people publicly that we gave you a degree. Right back after this on AM 1420, the end. 1053, final segment of the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. There's a trend right now on Twitter. <clears throat> I'm going to get right to the calls in a sec. There's a trending topic on Twitter right now, and it's Brunei. And if you have not yet been paying attention to this, um, it's for good reason. Uh, Brunei is trending because this um, small, backwards Muslim theocracy uh, has uh, passed a new law that takes effect tomorrow that takes Brunei back to the 7th century. Starting tomorrow, they will begin stoning gay people to death. Starting tomorrow, amputation for robbery will be uh, put in place. Starting tomorrow, children who commit crimes against uh, the uh, the nation, presumably against Islam, uh, will be punished in brutal, barbaric ways. It is an atrocity, the likes of which you don't expect to see too too terribly much. I mean, I know we see it in, you know, Wahhabism practiced in Saudi Arabia and in some other backwards Muslim countries. And by the way, it should be pointed out, these are all happening in Muslim countries. Keep that in mind as the left continues to try to spread the influence of the Muslim Brotherhood and Sharia law in the United States. Please keep that in mind. But I, I bring this up because I want to read one tweet from, because uh, uh, there are a lot of tweets from a lot of good people. I mean, people from far left George Clooney to conservative favorite Ted Cruz, all joining with the same message, saying that we must boycott Brunei, boycott any hotels. Apparently, it's a luxurious place to go and visit and stay uh, that are owned by uh, uh, Brunei, and do not, uh, you know, and, and obviously do something to to stop these atrocities from taking place. And there's a tweet from uh, somebody named Jack, who uh, uh, describes himself as a labor member and an LGBT activist and a democratic socialist who says it is the duty of LGBT people and allies the world over to stand against Brunei's new law stoning gay and bi men to death. My travel company is boycotting Brunei and has banned its airline. Others are boycotting Brunei-owned hotels as well. This is a start. Help us boycott Brunei. And my response is good for you, but who are you to take ownership of this? It is the duty of LGBT people? No, it isn't. It is the duty of all people. Stop trying to take ownership of this. Anybody with an ounce of humanity will oppose this, will join this boycott. This does not have to be divisive. This is unifying for all people. I don't care if you're LGBT affiliated or not. Anybody, like Senator Cruz has said, would uh, would boycott Brunei in an effort to get them to change this 7th century barbaric practice that they are about to re-implement in that country. And I hope you'll join me in that as well. Kate and, and uh, Vermillion is next. Hi, Kate. Go ahead. Hi. I, I wanted to um, address something. You had a great interview with Ellen Root yesterday. And I made two phone calls only so far to Congressman Jim Jordan's office, but also to Sherrod Brown's office, who is my representative, on um, the fact that, you know what, David, why is Congress sitting on their hands 
when according to all these former directors, even from the Obama administration, saying it only takes less than an hour for them to get in and make a change in the asylum laws. But nobody's doing it from either party. And when Alan Root said to you that he believes that congressmen are on the take from the cartel, well, you know what? That's an interesting theory that I think I would ask your viewers to call the Congress, their congressmen, and say, are you guys on the take from the cartel? Because why are you sitting on your hands when you are the ones that are in control of this situation? The people need to do that. Just make those phone calls to the congressmen like I did and get that message out and see if it doesn't turn around. Because it actually makes sense to me if Planned Parenthood makes a large contribution and they're in the pockets of some congressmen, like, why can't the cartel have done it? Because who is not making, there's not one party member on either side that's introducing a bill to change asylum laws. Well, well, here, here's the thing, Kate, and, and thank you so much for the call. I think Republicans are, are kind of reticent to do that right now because they know it's going to go nowhere with the Democrats in charge. It can introduce all they want. It's not going to get anywhere. It won't get out of committee, which are run by Democrats with majority. And, of course, it would never get out of a floor vote, uh, past a floor vote anyway. Democrats, of course, have no interest. That's why, to me, the new enthusiasm that I have is not about asking Congress to make a new law. All we have to do is enforce existing law, as we outlined from Brandon Judd from the National Border Patrol Council. And that's where I think we need to be. Jan in Greater Cleveland is going to wrap it up for us. Jan, go ahead. Oh, hi. Uh, the big picture communist agenda is to put all small business out of uh, out of power so so that everything can be nationalized. And the wedge is uh, the minimum wage because that's going to put a whole bunch of uh, small businesses out of business. It is absolutely going to do that, no question about it. Jan, thank you so much for the phone call. That is going to wrap it up for us on this Wednesday edition of the Bob France Authority. Stay exactly where you are because Mike Gallier is coming up next tomorrow. I hope you'll join us again for another great conversation. We'll follow up on Brandon Judd. I'm going to try my very best over the next uh, 24 hours to get 22 hours to get Brandon Judd on the line to talk about this more uh, particularly. Uh, but again, Mike Gallagher is coming up next. Have yourself a great day. Enjoy the silence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.